0: I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Thursday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are discussing the lines of stress and rest for Enneagram type 1. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that my husband reminded me that I can actually ask him to do stuff. (laughs) I had like this long list of stuff to do today and I'm not feeling great. And he was like, you can actually just like ask me to do some of those things. And he did, and it was a real gift. Small, but beautiful. My thorn is another TMI. So if cycle stuff makes you uncomfortable, you can skip on through this section but I started my new birth control mid-cycle and my body was like not into it, we're not doing that. (laughs) So I have had a few days of stomach cramps and which is actually kind of like they're less intense than my normal cycle. Like the first day I usually have really intense cramps but I don't normally have them on more than one day and not a big fan. So just, you know, not, not ideal. My bud is that tonight I'm going to be curled up on the couch with a heating pad, my head on my husband's shoulder, some dinner cooked by the one I love the most and an episode of Downton Abbey. That's a fine evening if you ask me. Okay, so let's get in to the conversation about how the lines can look for Enneagram type 1s. As a reminder, there are two lines moving to and from your number on the symbol of the Enneagram. One line moves to where you go in stress, so for type 1 that's 4, and one line moves to where you go in rest, and for type 1 that is 7. So let's talk about what that can look like specifically. So one way to think about the stress line is as signs or indications that you are stressed out for every type that initial sign that we are stressed out is actually the tightening of our grip around our primary type structure, meaning that type ones may become increasingly type one in nature. So they may use their defense mechanisms as intensely as possible. So for our reformers, that looks like workaholic tendencies, eliminating pleasure, a heightened inner critic. Their thinking here can also become increasingly black and white or right and wrong, good or bad. Now, if this strategy isn't sufficient or potentially even when this strategy adds to their stress, type ones move to type four, which is the romantic. Now at this level, the type ones never really turn into a four, but they experience the type four focal points through the lens of a type So this can look like fearing that their flaws will lead to their abandonment, the sense that they are the only ones concerned with doing things right to the point of desperation or deep sadness. At the low side of type 4, they may be consumed with their own suffering, convinced that they are the only ones suffering in this unique way, and could even lose sight of the meaning of life. This can also look like losing themselves in daydreams or fantasies about what life could be if only... And this is where we talk about they don't really turn into a 4, but they're approaching it through the viewpoint of a 1. This type 4 behavior of kind of fantasizing or daydreaming about possibility of what could be if only they had something, whatever it is that they're missing. For type 1, this focus of attention could be like... If only my partner would do what I think they should do, then our life would be perfect. If only we could tweak this one thing, then it would be just excellent, right? Everything would be great if only we could improve this little thing in our life. So in relationship, this can look like kind of constantly reforming the relationship but when you go to that stress place, that four place, it's like fantasizing about the ideal relationship that you could have if everything where as you think it should be. And I think of this like the type one is constantly holding up a dam of their emotional expression. Like they're just working so hard to keep it all together, to control themselves, to keep themselves moderate. And then when they first start seeing, like let's imagine like we have this dam, right? Like this large wall of concrete. And on one side there's this large mass of water. And this is like the type one emotional landscape, the range of emotions is particularly the emotions that they are ashamed of or are bad, like anger, resentment, sadness, self-pity, things that our ones tend to think need to be held back or restrained or controlled. And it's just building up and building up and wanting to flow over the edge, wanting to push through the cracks in the foundation. And we have this lowly, there's like singular type one on the other side of the wall with their bare hands pressed against the concrete, trying their hardest to push and hold and keep it steady. And this phase where they're clenching and pushing and trying to hold the wall up on their own, this is that phase where our type one is getting more rigid, more restrictive, more self-critical more critical of others they're kind of holding more tightly they're eliminating their option for pleasure because this is so serious i need to hold it together so from that place right they're holding the wall up and as they start to see the water leak through as it starts to burst through the seams flow over the edges that original method of pushing harder right getting more strict more controlled isn't working anymore, right? And they just kind of have to let go and let this like water consume them. And kind of in this process, it's messy, right? Like they're literally being swept by the current. They're not in control. Everything is falling apart. Their emotions are everywhere. But in a way, it's much easier because it's just simpler to float down the river than to hold up a cement wall and attempts to resist the inevitable. So that kind of brings me to the beauty of that type four move for our type ones, the high side of the type four. Type fours here are self-referencing, meaning they prioritize their pleasure, they know what they want, they ask for what they need, This can allow the Type 1 to move out from under the overwhelming weight of shoulds in their life and into a space of asking what they want to do and what would feel good to them. This move also allows the Type 1 to authentically move through their emotions instead of suppressing them, pushing them down. They may be able to experience them honestly and not worry so much about expressing them appropriately or in the right way at the right time. This is a huge release for type ones who've likely spent a significant amount of time trying to control themselves and their emotions. This is also an opportunity to break free of stagnation for our type ones. So intentionally getting creative, letting your emotions out regularly, especially your anger. A lot of times I'll tell type ones to write out long letters of anger to whatever the situation is that is making them feel frustrated or angry and light it on fire, tear it up. Or maybe you go out to a, a the woods or maybe in your car and you just scream at the top of your lungs just like move that anger out of your body. There's no wrong way to express it. You can just kind of let it fly so that you can be more more moderated in your anger over time instead of kind of letting it build up into your body. And then finally, you can break free of stagnation using this four as by honoring your wants and your pleasure. Our type fours love self care. They love to take care of themselves and have like lots of space and time to really enjoy the beautiful things in life. And that's a great place for you to tap into, to really allow yourself the pleasure of life and to really let life thrill you. So now let's look at what rest can look like for our type ones. Now in rest our type ones move to type seven. There's one way to think about this, which is that when you feel safe or at ease or generally rested, these are things that may show up. You may feel capable of allowing more fun, play, or spontaneity into your life. You may be less black and white, more open to varying perspectives and possibilities. And when you're safe, type ones may feel more curious, optimistic, and interested in differing viewpoints. You also may focus more on like what you wish you could do, what you want to do versus what you feel like you should do. A lot of type ones say to me that they have a vacation version of themselves. Like they are like a full on seven when they're on vacation because all of the normal responsibilities that they're carrying in their day-to-day life are pushed aside and they get to be free and playful. They don't have to be the one to hold it together. They don't have anything to improve or fix. They get to just enjoy the moment. So that can be an indicator of your rest or your safety. You can also use this awareness of the lines as a way to intentionally infuse self-care or what we like to call deep rest. Not like just like I'm sitting here and I feel rested, but like intentionally infusing deep rest in. So for our type ones that could be scheduled spontaneity, meaning that once a week or once a day, you have a time where you get to just do what feels best to you and feel good in that moment based off of whatever you happen to want or need that day. Maybe you have pleasure practices. And I know that even saying that may make a lot of type ones cheeks go hot, like pleasure practice sounds very scandalous, but really what it means is just, you know, what's a way that you can infuse pleasure into your life more often and more intentionally so that you can actually experience the pleasure of being alive. Another way to intentionally infuse self-care is just to play hooky. Type ones tend to have like a long list of things that they think they're supposed to be doing in a given day, in a given moment, There's always more to do, always more to improve. And so if you can look at that to-do list of yours and just say, does this have to be really done today? Or can I take the rest of the day off and go do something frivolous or playful or fun? That is a really good way to show love to yourself. Also just generally laughing and enjoying yourself, watching something really funny, getting carried away, spending time with a friend who makes you laugh till it hurts, like getting into that space and also learning a new skill or something like random that you've always wanted to do. This is a thing that sevens do so well is just becoming kind of good at a lot of things like, Oh, this seven happens to also have a pilot's license while also having been a trained photographer while also having worked as a nurse, you know, like some random time, Uh, that is kind of the seven mentality of just like, I want to experience everything, be everything. So for our type ones can kind of intentionally tap into that energy, by thinking of some skill or thing that you've always wanted to do, but you've never given yourself time to do, it can really allow you some deep rest that is productive rest, like a rest that Feels more nourishing because you know why you're doing it. Now, I want to say, we often think, oh, this is when I'm healthy. I look like a seven when I'm healthy. And it's, it's not really like that, right? Like this is where we have indication that we feel safe or that we're taking care of ourselves, or it's information of how we can tend to ourselves. But also... There's a low side of this move. When we kind of overdo it, we can be a little bit stagnant. You know, it's kind of how we get to the point where we're not challenging ourselves enough. And what this can look like for type ones is that they may fear a loss of control, fearing that that like all hell's going to break loose. Like if they let themselves fully rest, they may fear that means that they'll never recuperate. Another way that this can kind of happen for our type ones is in in trapdoor behavior, meaning they privately do things that they condemn publicly. So they may like temporarily escape into what they would consider bad behavior instead of working on like truly releasing the idea that they're shame and pleasure, right? So they're kind of secretly escaping into these things that they publicly say are wrong because no one can really hold the damn up, right? Like no one can work that hard at being alive without a little bit of release. But sometimes our ones are getting that release kind of on the down low. (laughs) This sounds like way more scandalous than I intend, but let's say we have a type one who says drinking Coca-Cola is awful for you. It's so bad. No one should ever do it. They shame their kids or their husband or their partner when they drink soda, but then like they kind of go get a soda from the gas station and drink it in their car and throw it away before anyone can see it. That's kind of like a innocent version of what we're talking about here is that's kind of the low side of seven. Like, I'm going to do what feels good to me, but I'm going to criticize you for doing it or publicly say that I think it's bad. So that's the way that that low side can look. But I hope this is so helpful for you. I hope this is a little bit of a stepping stone in your understanding of self and others today. I will say this is a map. This is information. And you will need support getting to the place of like, how do we actually do this work? How do I use these things intentionally? The Enneagram doesn't really give you those steps. So if that's something that you want, if you're like, what's next? I recommend going to therapy or you can join me in the Brave Collective or ideally you could do both. I mean, everybody's situation is so different, but In the Brave Collective, I give you tips and tools for balancing rest and self-care along with productivity and doing things. I have a lot of type ones. So if you're like, I want support in the process of kind of releasing my stress and intentionally resting, we would love to have you. But also therapy is, I think we all need therapy. So just to be really upfront about that, I get a lot of DMs and a lot of comments like, great, this information is awesome, but what do we do with it? And The real answer is therapy and coaching, in my opinion, or really healthy journaling practice if that is something that you feel like you can do. All right, friends, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you took just a moment to leave a rating and review in iTunes. It's just the little way that as listeners to a podcast, we get to give back and it would mean the world to me. And as always, it's such a joy to create this content for you and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.